Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. the same. I pray for the anointing. I pray for the angel that heals. I pray for the angel that brings understanding. Oh Lord, deliver us, oh God, from every evil because we are in your presence. We come against every argument and every imagination and thoughts that will exhaust themselves against your word in the name of Jesus. And we bring, we bring to captivity every wicked spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, tonight, bless us in your presence. Bless us with understanding. Bless us with wisdom. May we live here with wisdom. May we live here with knowledge. Knowledge that will change our lives. May we become better Christians than we came, oh God. We thank you, we bless you. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful. We love you, Jesus. Because you first love us. Speak to us. Lead us into your truth. Your word is truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. With a clap of which I will be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. wow. Thank you. Amen. Amen. How many of you are expecting God to speak to you? Amen. Each time we meet, it's not about the man or it's not about the person who stands in front. It's always about Jesus. And if you learn to acknowledge that your desire to be in a service will be different. And your life will be transformed. Amen. Nobody has ever come in contact with Jesus and the person has ever been the same. Nobody, 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 nobody. I think many of us don't know reasons why we come to church services. And it's, it's, it's a good preaching to preach on. Huh? Isn't it a good thing to know? Yeah. But tonight, that's what I'm preaching about. Amen. <laughs> Mercy. Amen. Wow. You are surprised why I'm standing here. I'm just surprised that you are surprised. Amen. But the word of God will be preached. Amen. And our father extends his greetings to all of us. He, he, he is thinking about you as he is known here. His heart is here with us. Amen. Uh, he is at a place that he cannot make it to this sanctuary at this time. Amen. But his mind is here. Amen. Paul said, for though I'm not present with you, but spiritually I'm there with you. And have already judged concerning that matter. Amen. So, I'm standing here not because I want to stand. Amen. Not because I feel like standing behind the pulpit and preach, but because of our Father. That's why I'm here. Amen. And believe me that whatever I'm coming to share with you is whatever He has shared with me. Amen. And your life will be blessed. Amen. And you need to give a mighty clap of Him because a shepherd loves you so much that even though He is not here, 
he left you a message. Amen. You see, the best, the best way that you can relate to a man of God is to receive the man of God as a father. Amen. People who, has, who are fathers are different from vagabonds. You see, if you have a father, you are a very different kind of person. I mean, uh, you see somebody who doesn't have a father, somebody who is not organized in life. You see, a father comes into your life to organize your life, put order in, in your life. I mean, what would I have done without a biological father? Because when I was growing up, I was very, very stubborn. Like, I can leave home, go and play football, and I'll come back in the evening. And it will take a month to just slap you and just say, sit down. Don't go out again. You see? And a time that he threatened me, if you don't pass your BC, I'm not going to pay your school fees again. The man has to sit up. My football boot and everything, I pack it. I say, no more to football. I have to please my father. And I've realized that it's a blessing because I have other friends who, like, they have fathers, but their fathers don't have such authority in their lives. And they are, as at now, my life is different from their life. Amen. And so is it also spiritually. If you are a Christian, without somebody who shepherding you, somebody who tell you what to do and what not to do, your life will be different from the rest of the people. Amen. Amen. And it's like the people, it's children, it's the children of the father who receive the inheritance. So you may be in this church, if you don't position yourself as a child or as a, a son or a daughter to the man of God, you'll never receive any blessing. You will be like a co-equal. And inheritance are not passed easily to co-equals. Amen. If it is hard for a, an uncle or an aunt to receive an inheritance from a father, nowadays, do you see? First it was so when family will come and share the property and they will get what? But now things are changing. Amen. So all that I would say to you, for you to receive much of the blessing in the house, which of course we are blessed. You see, which of course we have a great anointing working amongst us. And a, a man that God has really chosen for us, you, the best way to relate with him is to relate with him as a father. Amen. And your life will be different. Amen. So position yourself as a daughter or as a son. And you'll see the, the difference in your life. If you have not seen yet, if you have not seen yet, I mean, yesterday, Uncle David was saying something on the prayer line, and I was like, ah, God must have really revealed this thing to Uncle David by saying that God has really honored our father. You can see. You see, people speak to me and say they, they really jealous our church. Like, they really, if they, they get a chance, they will be in this church. But because they are planted there, they cannot move. You see. It's, you don't know what you have until you, you don't have the opportunity to receive it again. Amen. So all that I'm, I'm saying that we are blessed to receive a father. Amen. And let us be strong in receiving. You, you are in a good place to receive as a, a, a daughter or as a son. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I want us to also thank our mom very much. I, I, I believe in, in what they say that behind every uh, successful man there is a successful woman, a, a very stable woman. But it will take, I believe it will take a, a, a stable home 
to kind of have the peace to pastor a church. Without that, you, you, you cannot. Amen. So I believe the anointing, that is our mom. Many, many of you should claim it. Amen. Claim it. Don't wait, oh, don't wait. Many of times we have properties near us and you say, oh, I deserve something different. But closeness is what brings the anointing upon you. I believe, you may never know, just says, hands laid upon you and you are a daughter so you can receive quickly than somebody who is far. Amen. Hallelujah. Except the children don't want to receive the, the, the anointing which is upon the father then, or the mom, then it's passed on to Koyukos. Uh, Amen. Or far relatives. Amen. But I believe you understand what I'm saying. Amen. Tonight, I want to share something powerful with you. Something that will change your Christian work. Amen. Well, you thought I was going to preach about father. Amen. It's a powerful, that was a powerful intro. Amen. So, you see, um, on the uh, last two weeks, when uh, our father was preaching about tight, he quoted a scripture from Proverbs chapter 30. And that scripture ministered to me. So, I went to do a quiet time on the scripture. And I want to share with you. How many of you believe that your life will be transformed? Just, you see, the word of God is coming your way. The best way to position yourself is to position yourself as a receiver. On Friday, we learned that the word of God has no fault. The problem is with the receiver. So receive well. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 30 verse 1. I'm going to share only 10 scriptures with you from this. Um, amen. My, my iPad went off. <laughs> amen. But the word of God is supposed to be on our hearts. So I believe since it's my quiet time, I can share it powerfully. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1. Bible says, the words of Agar, the son of Jake. Amen. The the name Agar is another name for uh, Solomon. Solomon has six other names. Are you surprised? According to the Talmud, like that's the collection of Jewish uh, civil and ceremonial laws. Solomon have other six names. For instance, one of the names that you see is in Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse twenty-four and twenty-five. If you can give me the message version of that, Second Samuel twelve, I, I believe twenty-four and twenty-five. And David, oh no, in a message version, please. David went and comforted his wife, Bathsheba. And when he slept with her, they conceived a son. When he was born, they named him Solomon. God had a special love for him, verse 25. And sent a word by Nathan, the prophet, that God wanted him named Jedidiah, God's beloved. Amen. Amen. So you see here that Solomon was called Solomon when he was given birth to. But later, he sent, he said, what, what is God saying? He said, verse 25, and sent word by Nathan, the prophet, that God wanted the child to be named Jedidiah. So what does it mean? That Solomon also have another name. Amen. For instance, if you look into the scriptures, you see that Jesus was also called Emmanuel. 
then we have Jesus, then we have Christ again. Amen. So another name of Jesus that you can see is, uh, is a name called Lemuel. Lemuel, that's the name of Solomon, another name of Solomon. And son of Jacob is another name of Solomon. And this stands to reason with us that, for me, instance, I have a lot of names that you may never know about. You see, if, if you, you go to my house and you are saying you are looking for Chani, you may not, you not find me easily. They call me Richard at home. Richard. Yeah. And you go to school and you are looking for me, you call me Chani. And other colleagues in Ghana also call me Adople. You see. And people who knew me from childhood call me Chani B, which means small Chani. Chani B, small Chani. There's one uh, Chani before me. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a, a lot of names. And I have people who call me Asagon. You see. So it's, it's all sorts of names. So Solomon was such a person. So one of the names given to him was Agar. So they knew this was the words of Agar. So if you read this scripture, many people thought that it was another person that they were talking about. But actually it was talking about Solomon, the same Solomon. So just, just an explanation too, so that you understand. So the words of Solomon, the son of Jacob, even the prophecy, the man speak unto Ital, even unto Ital and Yuka. So Solomon had was conversation with this and he spoke to these two guys. Amen. He says, surely I am more British than any man and have not the understanding of man. Verse 3. I neither learn wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. Amen. When we read these first two scriptures, what they suggest that it, is, it seems that the person who is talking is more foolish than the Solomon we know. Amen. But one of the reasons you can give to this uh, scripture is that either Solomon wrote this words before he became wise. Do you understand? So let's continue. Who has ascended up into heaven or descended or descended? Who has guarded the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in the garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? If thou Can't tell. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And add thou not unto his words, lest he prove thee and thou be found thou be found a liar. Amen. So what I'm going to share with you follows this the next two uh, three scriptures that we are going to receive. So verse 7, two things have I required of thee. Have you remembered this scripture? Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. What are the two things? He said, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Amen. Verse 9. Lest I be fool and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and take the name of the Lord in vain. Amen. So tonight, the title of my message 
is another reason why you need God. Another reason why you need God. Or you can put it in your book like, another reason why I need God. Amen. Amen. Another reason why I need God. Are you, have you written that? Yes. Amen. So I'm going to be, now I've gotten you to understand what I, I want to, so I can now speed up, right? Amen. So another reason why you need God. For a long period of time, many of us thought that you just need God to go to heaven. Or you need God to just have a good job. You need God to help you in your life so that you understand the Bible when you read your Bible. Or you need God in your life so that when you, you, you want to marry, you, you will marry at, the, at the, that very particular time. Or you need God in your life so that you get a visa to come to America. Or you need God in your life so that you be able to have a green card. Amen. Is, is that not what some of us thought the reason why we need God? But God is in our lives for a lot of reasons. The God we serve is in our life for a lot of reasons. In fact, God has been a lot of things to us. God has helped us. Ladies and gentlemen, God has been so kind to us. Amen. But there's another thing that you need God for. Amen. Which is the same reason why most uh, Solomon walked with God. Amen. It's the same reason why Solomon des- desired to walk with God. And that was found in the verse 7 of this scripture. Amen. It's the reason why Solomon went to God. And when he went to God, he went to pray to God. You see, first he started the, uh, the prayer by giving thanks to God, who is God. If you know the person who can create the whole earth, who can bound the sea, then give him his name. You see, and even the name of his son, if you can only tell. Then he went on and said, two things. So he praised God, then he prayed a prayer. I said, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. So what were the two things that he was asking? He said, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food just convenient for me. Amen. What you can see is that this is also a work of God that you need God to do in your life. Solomon was just not the richest man. He was the wisest. Amen. He, he has money. He has wisdom. You see, many people just have wisdom and they are poor. Bible talks of a man in the Bible who has wisdom but was a poor. And through his wisdom delivered the nation. Some people have riches but they are foolish. Bible talks about the rich fool. A man who was rich but a foolish person. Amen. So it is not easy to find a man who is rich at the same time wise. Amen. So when you meet a man who is the same time rich and the same time wise, you need to salute that kind of man. Amen. Amen. And if that man requires something of God, 
You see, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of things in your life that money cannot afford you. Rich wisdom, your wisdom that you have cannot afford you. Solomon was the richest, but he still needs something from God, which means to say that this is the work of God. I know God to be a creator of the universe. I know God to be the one who created a man. I know God to be the one who created a woman. But I, don't, I didn't know that God is also responsible for this work in your life, in my life. Amen. Without God doing this work from, in your life, you cannot, nobody can do it for you. And it's, it's, you see, when you, you are rich, many rich people think that they can, they can do everything for themselves. But it's also important that you know that as you are, there are a lot of things you can't do for yourself. Just that will help you in life. Amen. And Solomon was very rich, very, very wise, but he recognized that he cannot do this for himself. Amen. And look, no, no level of school can help you do this work. What is the work of God in the life? What is the work of God that he requires? God, remove far from me vanity and lies. And then give me another riches or poverty. Amen. But tonight, I want to talk about removing far from me vanity and lies. Amen. You see, riches doesn't make notice of your vanities or of the uselessness in your life. You see, it's not easy to see uselessness. The things which are useless in life are not easy to see by the eye. You see, in fact, uselessness are now itself to be something very important, very magnificent and attractive that you need in your life. Except God open your eye to see uselessness, you will live a wasted life. Amen. That's why Solomon, Solomon, you, you see, you, you don't have money. You don't have the riches of Solomon. You now, you don't have the wisdom of Solomon. You see, if Solomon, who was rich and very, very important person at that particular time, need God to remove vanity from him, then I think we need, it, we need God to remove. That's why my, the title of my message, another reason why you need God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Another reason why you need God. God has to do this work for me in your life for you. You see, you, in fact, the more you go to school, the more the vanities increase. The more you, your money increase, the more your uselessness increase in life. The more you go to school, you go to school and go again, the more useless things become in your life. Amen. And you may never know. You may think that all things are just working by because of money that you have, but you may never know you are living a useless life. You see, uselessness is not something that will tell you and stand and say, this is good, and I'm useless, so don't come near me. But uselessness is also clapping the hand. Pa, pa, pa. Come to me, come to me, come to me. Come to me. Amen. So when you are, when you are living a useless life, you wouldn't know that this is a useless life you are living. And except God remove useless from uselessness from you, you, you will live in a life of what? Vanity and lies. Amen. Except God does that work in your life, you you will live such kind of life, a life of vanity and a life of uselessness. Amen. But I pray for all of us that we will not live such a life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That God will take it away from you. And you see, in this world, you need to be very wise. Without wisdom, eh, you see, a lot of things you will not be counted in. 
a lot of things, they will never call you in it. You see, and you must be of a certain stature or in form of money. Before you can get your contribution passed. In fact, you can be poor, have a lot of wisdom, but your contribution cannot be heard. Many of us sitting here have the wisdom to even govern a city or a, 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 a country. But because you don't have money to go and do politics, you are not asked anywhere. Do you see? You need to be wise. Or not, nothing that you do will make meaning. Amen. And Solomon was very, very wise. Old, but he decided, desire of God. He said, God, he came to God and prayed. He said, God, remove from me uselessness. Uselessness. If God doesn't do that work for you, I want you to understand, if God doesn't remove vanity and uselessness from your life, you will live, you will walk and embrace. And most of us are embracing uselessness. Most of us are embracing lies. Amen. Most of us are embracing lies. You see, the Bible says in, I believe in Jeremiah 10, verse 23. Jeremiah 23. I think so. My, I think my notebook, I, my iPad wasn't working, so. Lord, oh Lord, I know that the way of a man is not in himself. Is it what you want? Look, it's, oh Lord, I know that a, the way of a man is not in himself. It is not in a man that walketh to direct his steps. Amen. Without God, then, you will think that your way are in yourself and you will live a vanity and a, a life of uselessness. It is not in a man. It is not the way of a man. It is not in himself. The way you are living, it is not in yourself. So when you go to school, a lot of school, you may, look, a lot of education will tell you that you can control your own life. Or if you are able to go to Harvard, their life will become better. Amen. But the more you go to Harvard, the more you embrace uselessness. The more your knowledge increases, the more sorrow comes to you. And your life becomes very useless. Amen. You see, I'm using education because that's what also what people use to give excuse why they cannot serve God. But it's another reason. What another reason why you need God? Education cannot teach you. No, there's no course in school. They will teach you uh, home management. If you are doing K uh, three, this thing they teach you home management, how to manage when you pay, when you get uh, tomatoes, cut it this or don't spend all. Preserve this in the fridge. Use preservation. But that is you, no matter what you do, you get useless anyway. People study economics, but they are the people who, who waste money a lot. That means education cannot solve this problem in our lives. As a Christian, if we don't depend on God, you see, many of us don't even know that this is a kind of prayer we need to pray. We don't know that this is a kind of prayer you need to pray. That God remove vanity from my life. The word vanity is an order for uselessness. Uselessness and lies. Amen. You see, the, another, another good topic to preach is that give me neither poverty nor riches. He has a reason why he's saying that. Amen. And it will make a lot, a, a long, also, a, a, the message so long. So I'm just uh, localizing myself to remove far from me vanity and lies. Amen. You need God to do that in your life. I you need God. You need God. You are not like Solomon. You are not like Solomon. You don't have the money, which will maybe expect, uh, we will say that, okay, because of, the, your, because of a lot of money, you have covered your life. You see, life is too short for you to be wasting your life. You see, first people live uh, 900 years. But now if you live beyond 70, it's a blessing. You see, the maximum life is maybe when you are going to 30, but you start thinking. 
Amen. If we live beyond 70 in our generation, we have to give thanks to God. It's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Like God has blessed you, God has honored you in life that you live beyond 70. That's why when you come to your funeral, we dress in white. That you are victorious. You have lived a very fulfilled life. Amen. But in the early days, people were living, somebody got pregnant in the age of nine, at the age of 90. People were giving birth when they were 200 years. Yeah. People were giving birth during those periods. Amen. So now life is so short for you to waste your life. And if I were you, I would pray this prayer the more. Amen. Do you understand this scripture now? That it is a work of God in your life. It's not the work of man. If you don't have God to do this work for you, your life will embrace waste. 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 Throughout your life, what that will see in your life? Waste. And most of us are running after waste. And we are embracing waste. Uselessness. You see, I just, look, what I'm sharing, if I should give a mic to some of you, you can share practically what I'm saying with your life. That you have embraced waste for a long period of time. Amen. Today I want to share with you five useless things or five vanities you must pray that God will remove from your life. Five vanities. Five five strong personal vanities. It's localized to you yourself. Now you must pray that God will remove from your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I know God, I know God to, to be, I, mean, I, look, I need God to go to heaven. I, I need God to be a good shepherd. I need God. I need God to, to, when I study the Bible, I must understand and get revelation. You see? But I didn't know God. Like, okay, God, actually in my life, to remove vanity in my life. No, you may never know. You, or you may live as a Christian, but you, you may embrace vanity. Amen. One of the things you need to pray to God that he'll remove from your life is useless relationships. Useless relationship. Useless relationships. Amen. You see, when as you grow in life, it becomes important that you form a relationship or you come united or you get to know someone. Amen. It starts from when you are giving birth to, you get to know a mother, you get to know a father, you get to know your siblings. Amen. It's become very, very important. In fact, when you go to a certain stage and you don't have, a, you can't say that you have a relationship with someone, you become, a, a, what do you call it, anti-so, or you are out of society. You are against society uh, norms and society way of life. You become, you, you, nobody can accept you in society. And you cannot relate like that. I think like you are a leech, a leech or something that they call it. Amen. And your life becomes some way. Amen. So when you are growing in life, it's become very, very important that, okay, you must form a relationship. Either church or boy, uh, what you call beloveds, that's boyfriend and girlfriend outside. You see, you, you, have to, you also have to marry. Amen. Amen. And in all these things, if you don't have God, then you embrace useless relationships. You need God to direct you to a person who, is, who will not waste your life. You see, many, many men have married foolish wives. And many wives have married foolish men. 
If you read the Bible, all of these examples are there. You see, that, you see, Job married a foolish wife. A wife who could not embrace him when he was in trouble. And another person, you see, Job was one of the righteous men. But he, the wife said, curse God and leave God. You see. And another person who married a foolish wife, a foolish husband, is Abigail. Abigail was a very, Bible says, a woman with good understanding and of beauty, but he married a foolish man called Neba. Amen. A man who has it, Bible says, Bible said Neba's foolishness is skellish. The man is so foolish that they have to use another word to describe him. Amen. So if you don't know, if you don't know, you don't pray this prayer, if God doesn't help you, you marry a foolish person or you will spend your life with in embracing uselessness. Young girl, you are trusting God to marry. You don't want to pray to God to give you a person who will not waste your life. You get useless relationships. Amen. Because, look, we, look by nature, we follow uselessness. Bible says, for all of us are like sheep who are gone astray. We, we decide, instead of going to the shepherd, we went astray. Amen. So it's in our nature to embrace useless relationships. Amen. And except God directs you, you will marry a foolish person. Except God, God reveals to you what it entails, or God opens your eyes to see what you are going to embrace. Oh, you will easily marry a foolish person. Marry a foolish wife. It is not, but you see, Bible says it is not in a man. The way of a man is not in himself. It is not in you see, you may have look, you you may have certain relationships which will destroy your life. A relationship can make you or destroy you. Some, you see, some of us would, become bet, would have become better Christians. Had you been the people we met first? You see? But the people you met introduced uselessness in your life. Quiet time, you can't have quiet time because of a useless person who is your friend. Your friend has, your, the boyfriend that you met before you came to church, change your mind about relationships. That even in a church, nobody can say hi to you. When you say hi to you, you say how. <laughs> Somebody see you and say, oh, some, somebody say hi, then say why? why? Because it's because of what you have been through and because of uselessness that you have embraced in your life. Amen. But this is the work that God can remove from your, your life. You desire, young man, you desire to marry. You are looking at body shapes. You see, you may never know, but you see, many of the people, many of the things that you see, many of the things that we see on the street, eh, the things that you see on the street which are nice and appealing, they are trying useless things. Useless. You may know. Look, a prostitute would dress to appeal to you more than a normal wife at home. A prostitute may dress nicer or appealing. Okay, you see a contour, so you are following contour. You go and see. You, you, you go and see. You will see that at the end of your life, it's uselessness. Amen. It's uselessness. You, you have embraced a Christian, a believing Christian, but you have embraced uselessness. But all is because you have not prayed about this. You listen, one time I had a friend, and immediately I had a friend, I saw that ah, my shepherding attitude were becoming different. I become so, uh, not, not here, back in Ghana before I came here. So I was like, oh, I can't, I, I, I spent a lot of money nowadays. I said, no. God, you know that I have to get, uh, get people to go to first love, I have to pick uh, 
people to come to church. I have to buy food for them to, so that they'll be able to stay for a service for long shepherds meeting and those things. And I realized that, ah, no, my life has become some way. My, if I have changed. Then I, I, I prayed to God. I said, God, you know, this is not who I want to be. When I slept, I slept in a dream. I had a dream and I saw my uncle, like a face of my uncle coming from heaven. And what my uncle told me is that if you continue this, you become a poor person. I said, oh yeah, this friend must cut. Amen. <laughs> that, that, that was the end of it. Amen. And I, I, I said, God, you have really delivered me. I see the face. I said, no. Look, I said, ah, why will you tell me that if I'm close to this person? And I saw that poverty was coming near me. My money wasn't like they gave me enough money that was able to, I was able to do a lot of things. But immediately I became, I spent, look, I live a life like the, the, the prodigal son. Big life, huge life. I eat food that I'm not even really attracted to. <laughs> Amen. But as because of a relationship that I had. Amen. You see, it may not be a relationship that you are, you are relating with an, a, a harlot, just like a, a prodigal son. You see, but it's a relationship with another Christian. Another Christian who is in the church, wasting your life around. People don't know how to, to, to cut down costs, and you become a poor person. You see? So you, you must pray that if God deliver me from useless relationship in the church. Many of you will become better Christians if you have certain relationships. As at now, look, you have been in the church for long, but you, there's nothing you can show for your Christianity. Because of a certain person who is your friend. And but you are still there. Except God open your eyes to see. You will college that you are going, that you cannot solve that problem. They will teach you the calculus. They will teach you how to integrate and differentiate. But it cannot give you anything to you. You need God to open your eyes. That's why you need this prayer in your life. Without God, then you embrace foolishness and uselessness. It will not be long that you will see that you become a useless person. Nobody can have anything to do with you. Nobody can. Look, it, it, was, the, it was this guy who separated from the father. And he went and spent his time with harlots. How did he become poor? Harlotry. And if you, Bible, Bible says that a, a person who joins himself with a harlot becomes a poor person. It's, it's natural. You see, then again, I have another example to give you. My own uncle, you see, when he was going, he started very early and was doing very well in life. He wanted to marry, but he wasn't praying. I know that he wasn't praying. You see, there was a woman that everybody desired for him to marry. He, he went to a nightclub and saw another girl. You see. And when he saw that, this girl looked so uh, voluptuous and with, with, with body parts. So, but by then, I happened to be living with him. So, I didn't know what was going on until I got to know that the lady was pregnant. You see, that was the end of my uncle. He's doomed. That was the end of, you, you can, there's nothing you can ask him now that he'll be able to present to you. In fact, you see, that made him to sleep with Furthermore, girls. After that one, he gave birth with look two children with, from different mothers within one week. Yes, you see, it's, it's, that was not the original life that he wanted to be. That's not the way he wanted to live. But because he has come in contact with someone, and he, because he has not prayed, 
He, has not, he, has not de- he wasn't dependent on God for, to remove vanity from his life. And many of us young people in this place, we are, you, you, those who have married, we don't want to talk about their issue. You see? Because if you go there right now, a, a, lot, a lot of problems will come. Do you see? Then somebody will tell you, you are giving me suggestions to leave my husband or to leave my wife. Do you see? We don't want to go there. You see? But many of, many of, many of them, in their heart, they know that they marry foolish people. And useless people. They know that you are living with, look, I'm using the Bible. I'm just explaining a scripture. I'm, I'm not, please. You see? You see? Many of them, many of them will, not, will tell you that guy, I marry a foolish person. They will, they will tell you. But just that, you see, we cannot call you to come and say it because we give you an opportunity to also live your thing. You see, and some of us, another relationship that which is useless in our life are biological relationships. Biological relationships. A relationship you are always telling us you have a cousin here, a grandparent here. It's, a, it's, it's something to waste your life. It's the worst useless relationships. And you see, God, look, listen, God, is, God wants to solve that problem, that uselessness, uselessness in your life by giving you a spiritual relationship, with, by bringing you into the church. When you come to the church, you have a spiritual mother or a spiritual father and a spiritual sister or a brother or a cousin. Amen. In fact, you can also say we have cousins in Manhattan. Yes. You see, that's what God wants to solve, solve that problem in your life. But each and every time, look, biological relationship, you are not becoming a good Christian because of some biological relationship you have. You know that the only relationship that that relationship you have, only funerals that you go. You go to only funerals. Today you tell me that this is my my mom's uh, family member, so I'm extended to him. So my family friend, they call it family friend, but it's, it's a useless relationship, and it's making it's not making you a good Christian. Your Christianity is becoming a, like a shadow because of those relationships. You you now you. You cannot rest well. You don't have enough time to rest. But because of those relationships, you cannot be a, you cannot you are not doing well in church. Amen. And God, God, God changed. God, you see, God, God's way of serving you is to bring you to a family. You see, uselessness in a relationship can also be seen that you invest wrongly in the relationship. So as we are here, you see our father, our father is to us, uh, like I mean our pastor, Reverend Brighton Kroma, is to us like our physician. You see, and to us, also like our shepherd, some of us is like a father, and then to somebody, our business advisors or our marriage counselor. So, if you don't know, if God has opened your eyes very well, you can invest wrongly in that relationship. To you, you may relate to him as a brother. Amen. You see, when if God has opened your eyes, a carpenter will stand in front of you and you receive him as a carpenter. Jesus Christ stood in front of his own people. All that they could see in him is a carpenter. You are, you are there's a Messiah, somebody who can save you, who has come to save you. And you say, Are you not a carpenter? Oh, yeah, come do this. There's, there's, there's a, a chair that I need to be repaired. My, my sofa is spoiling. Come and do something about it. My window is spoiling. Come and do my liver brace for me. Amen. So you can also invest wrongly in a relationship. So as we are in the church, you see, Brother Bansing will be here to help Brother Sambok. You see, but he can invest wrongly in that relationship with Brother Samuel. It becomes a useless relationship. Though God wants to bless you spiritually, but you invest wrongly. Many of you see a man of God standing in front of you. You see a relationship. 
You see, like a, a romantic relationship. Meanwhile, it's just a shepherd. You see, a man, look. Somebody, somebody, somebody will tell you that your pastor looks so handsome. Ask yourself, is that why you are related with a man of God? You see, so Jesus stood before his people. He went to his own city, and he was like, "Oh, you, what are you telling us? You are a bread of life, bread of life indeed. Come on, go and prepare my visit for me." Amen. So if we don't take that, we invest wrongly in a relationship. You see, if we don't invest well, as somebody who is in your life to help you to become a very spiritual person, you will invest and become a relationship, a romantic relationship, which is supposed not to be. Amen. So we must invest well and depend well in God or on God to reveal to us what we must see. Solomon said, remove far from me. It's, it's, not, it's not just around me, far. So that I will not be near them. Without God doing this work, eh, your riches, you you are in America, a city with a lot of things, which is full of useless things. If God doesn't open your eyes, you will chase the whole America. And you see that you become a useless person. God will look, and many people, many people are not in church because of those things. We need God. It's a work of God. But the person is if you don't depend on God, you will see. It will, not, it will not be uh, this thing. God has to do. You see, certain reasons, God, partnership that you go into, even who you do business with. Who you, even at work, God should open your eyes to form a good relationship. Because some of them can rule you at work. Some of you don't desire to be a prostitute, but because of a person, you become a prostitute. You see that relationship. And you, you see, instead of you investing in the shepherd, who will teach you with the word of God? You are going to invest in somebody who will put... Who, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You see, you may be a lady, have a lady friend. Don't think it's only biological. You may, have, you may be in church, you have a lady who is... Your friend is a lady. But you may be investing wrongly. You may be a bad friend for you. Just don't have to keep company with such a person. You see that your Christian life will be straightened. You will be a better Christian than how you are today. Amen. You will be a better Christian if you only you will learn to relate with such a person very well. You, you look, people are talking to people in this church. We know. You see, we know. We know. Look, there's nothing you should, you should, look, this thing is more of a spiritual relationship than a physical thing. Many of the things you cannot stand behind a puppet and say. But people, God reveals things to people. So you may think that you are talking, look, you may think that you are talking in your room, but oh, you may not know. Just that I cannot come to you and say what you have said about me. But many people, I can walk to them and tell you, I have seen you in my dream doing this to me. You see? You may never know who you are relating with. You see? And until God open your eye to see, you, you may invest wrongly. If you notice that you see a boy or you see a man, who can only be a physician to me. But actually, God appraise that person in your life so that you get to heaven. He may invest wrongly. Let's take what I'm saying. Take it seriously and pray this prayer. When you go home, kneel down at your bed and pray this prayer that God open my eyes to see vanity and uselessness. Or else you embrace it. You may be a Christian, but when you see your life, there's no difference between you and somebody who is outside. Then shall you return. It will not apply in your life. Because of the relationship that you are in. If God doesn't lead you, you embrace useless relationship. Amen.
Another thing that you need to pray to God that God will remove from your life is useless pursuits. Useless pursuits, like things that we follow after. Pursuits. Pursuits. How do you say it? Pursuits. Okay. I was it useless pursuits. Amen. A lot of us are after something. A lot of us are after something. At one point in life or the other. Students will only wish that if I can only finish writing my exams and get a new job, my life will be different. A person who is not married will always be thinking that if only I can get a beloved. Somebody who is married, if only I can get a son. Or if only I can get a, a, a daughter. You see, somebody who is also married is looking for freedom. You see? So, at, at, one, at one time in life, at, at one time in life, you, you are after something. You are after something. You are pursuing something. But many of the things that you are pursuing, it may be useless. Even as a Christian, even though you are in church, your pursuit may be different. You can be a Christian, but you are in a church after different things. Amen. You may be a, a shepherd, but you are after. You are a shepherd after something. And we see when you get that, you will leave. You may be in church, but your pursuit is not after God. And except God open your eyes to know that what you are actually chasing will not get you to heaven, you get, you get, you get destroyed. You may never know. You are in this church. Your pursuit is to get fame. You're going to become popular. We see when you get, you get the fame, then you leave. You, the, you, the people that you are shepherding, you just left them. Or you are in church because you want a certain girl to marry you. When you marry the person, then you leave. It's a pursuit. And it's a self God open your eye. You see, you see, the girl that you are even seeing, you don't know that the girl will even, uh, what do you call it, backslide the next, the next day. And it's like God open your eyes to see. You, you, you'll be there, oh, me, I've seen a girl with ties and uh, this thing. I'm, I'm, after, I'm, I'm, after, I'm after such a girl. But you don't know, it's a useless pursuit. Useless pursuit. Bible says that the son, uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 down, uh, the prodigal son, Bible says he left home far. He took a journey and he associated with harlots. He, was, he doesn't know that he was, he was pursuing what? Harlots. You, see, you, see, you, see, you need to pray that God, let me not follow useless things. You see, many of us are here you, you, you could have served God well or become very good shepherds, but we are chasing after money. We're chasing after money. You look, look at it. Look at it. Chasing after money. Your, your Christianity is not truly really after God. But God said those that will receive from him are those who seek him first. What, what are you pursuing in your life? Ask yourself tonight, what are you pursuing? Where is your heart? Where have you set your, your treasure? Where is your treasure? Is, is it your work or on God? Hmm? He said, you, maybe you are here so that you'll be able to sell your products. Or you get people to come to your, uh, your, 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 your store to buy stuff. Amen. It's a useless pursuit. And unless God open your eyes and you see, you see, Gehazi, Gehazi in the Bible, if 2 Kings chapter 5, Gehazi in the Bible was the one that, you see, remember the story that Nehemiah came to Elisha. And he has a him of uh, uh, leprosy. 
when Elisha heard the name of, lep- of leprosy, he went, you know, he wanted to offer gift, and, and uh, Elisha said, oh, no, no, forget about it. When, when the man is gone, Gehazi, who is a servant to Elisha, took a horse and chased after the man. He said, no way, my, my master cannot leave this thing. And he went to catch the man in the bush and said, man, you see, the gold that you want to give to my master, he, now he wants it. Give it to give it to me now. The gold, the diamond, the boss side. He brought it. And when he came, Nehemiah said, <laughs> said, You, for the disgrace you have caused me. You, you look, you, you may be, <laughs> may the leper of this thing come upon you. And the man was cast forever. He was a servant, but his mind was on good. So you may be a servant, but your mind is on good. You are not a truly a servant of God. You are chasing after all the worldly things. And that's not compatible with the work you want to do and with the God you want to serve. God always wants our heart to be with him. What are you pursuing? Unless God opens your eyes and you will follow after vanity. You, look, Solomon, it's a good scripture to read. I think uh, Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter chapter 2. I said in my heart, I think you give me NLT. It's a very nice uh, version. I said to myself, come, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good, the good things in life. But I found that that is too, that too, that this too was meaningless. I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during the brief life in, the, in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself. And I buy and by planting beautiful vineyards, I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate in my many flourishing groves. I, I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. That means that some of the slaves, when they came, they gave birth in the house. Maybe he's, they are part of his concubines and this thing. I, I also owned a large herds and flock, more than any of the kings who have ever lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold and treasure of many kinds and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and I had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. I became greater than all who lived in Jerusalem before me and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I, I could take, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work. I reward, a reward for all my labor. But as I look at everything, I have worked so hard to accomplish. This is what he said. It was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. If you don't, if you don't have gods, you build houses. 
You build mansions, gardens, singers, concubines, harlots, you name it. Put all of them there. But your life will be meaningless. This, look, he said nobody has ever had, the houses that he built there, it's not what you are trying to build. Though. It's not what you, look, by then, they were using gold, not American dollar, which is, you can tear it and gold, they were using gold. And he said, after all that he's chasing, they are like what? Chasing after the wind. Many of us are on, what do you call it? A goose, a wild goose chase. We are chasing after mirages, teach which we cannot ever get. Amen. You, today you want to eat, but you see, Bible says, what is the use of a, a wealth that you just created for yourself, eh? which will come to your own head? Some of you will die because of the money that you are saving. You, you, know, your, you know where you come from. <laughs> you see, many people, many people die just try to do a project in, the, in your country. They, they die. You see, so you come to America, you don't want to serve God all your life in, at the workplace. You, you go and they'll kill you. <laughs> they'll, kill, they'll kill you. Your life, you see, you, you, you may never know, but you return and you say that it's like chasing after the wind. How can you chase a wind? Can you feel, you can only feel it, you cannot chase it. How can you be chasing it? Amen. But many, many, if without God in your life, you see that you'll be chasing after a lot of things. When God says seek him, you'll be seeking something else. You see? You're seeking something else. And God knows your heart. Don't be deceived that, oh, what you are thinking, God doesn't know. God knows what you're after. Many of, you, many of us pray and we don't get results because God knows our heart. God knows our heart. God knows what is in our heart. They did that. You see, one time I told a friend that, you, you were asking God for this. You got this. Now look at the way you are behaving towards God. As if God has cursed you. Think about when you were praying for it. I even help you in your prayer. So I'm going to pray again. And God reverse it. <laughs> you see, he, he, look, that was like, oh, if God would do this, then I'll be able to serve God. God did it for you. We gave thanks to God. We gave, we went, oh, the past we went, the prayer we prayed. God has given answers. Pastor knew about it. Then you, you are misbehaving. I said, man, look, I don't accompany, I don't accompany people to commit crimes against God. So from today, I'm also going to reverse my prayer. Either they will, they will sack you or they will destroy your work will destroy. And he, he straightened himself. He became serious. Amen. Amen. Another thing that you want, you would like God to remove from your life is useless socializing. Useless socializing. Without God, eh, you will party your life out. It is a work of God in your life. Without God, you will party, you will freak out every night and every day. You see? You may be a Christian, but you are a party lover. Useless socializing. Look, the time to be productive. You see, many of us don't know when to be productive and when you need to sleep. And even when to study and when to rest. When to go to work and when not to go to work. You don't know. And you are in America. You always want to sit at African market and smoke. <laughs> you don't know. There's time for everything. Without God open your eyes and you will look the time which is for harvesting, for sowing. And it will be different. Now you are, you, you, say, look, you are in school, you don't know when to learn. 
how to wake up in the middle of the night and learn, you are about to fail. You, yes. All that you know is when there's, there's gathering, you are going here and there. It's useless socializing. And unless God open your eyes. Look, when, when your friend tells you to go, let's go out and hang out. Is he a crime? It's not, look, I mean, if you're a student, you must have fun. But some of them are useless. Some of them are indeed useless. And you see that you are not doing well in school. You are, you, you are somebody who must cook for a, a husband to come and eat. But your other friend wants to be on phone with you throughout. It's useless, it's useless socializing. Some of you are, are Christians, but you spend time this way before you come to church. And when you come to church, you have sexy eyes as though you, 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 you are... You, you, you. <laughs> Amen. No, no. <laughs> you you are able to sustain yourself throughout a, a night party. You just came from a night party. You are able to sustain yourself, but in the church you don't sustain yourself because the person who is talking to you is not important to you. You have gone to smoke yourself out. You came to church and you are looking at the pastor like this. <laughs> Do you see? It's, it's a useless socializing. Without, without God. Look, look. Assume we don't have anything doing tonight in church. Where will you be? Some of you would have been in the arms of a man. Or some of us, some of us would have been chasing someone at another place. So that, that's, that's one of the things that you that's one of the things that you that, that importance of God in your life. Assume there's no God. be church, church on Sunday on Sundays. Saturday will be your night, day for partying. Even, even some of us do it before we come to church anyway. So that's what God, God look, that's what you need God to do in your life. God is in your life for this also reason, to remove vanity, uselessness. Oh, look, 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 eh, nobody can, look, no, none of us will be able to control ourselves. I know before Jesus Christ. What do, what, what do you mean? Is he a, a woman you cannot rap? Is he a woman you cannot corner? You can't do it. Ah, you can't do it. Ah. You, you see, you can't. <laughs> you, you, don't, you may never know limited. Is, is he a. Ah. Is he. Oh. A lot of things, a lot of people can do, but it's because of Jesus. Look, p- people think that, people think that they, they can dance better than some of us in the church. But, but there was a time that some of us also go dance those dance kind of dances. This is. Uh huh. You see, it's, 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 it's useless. That's what Christ is in your life to do for you. And without you having Christ, without you being strong in Christ, without you praying this prayer, God, that useless thing will embrace your life. Yeah, that's what God is in your life to do. God is doing in your life. You see, without God in your life, you sleep, you, you run through this country. You sleep with Hispanic, you sleep with uh, a white, and you sleep with everybody. You know yourself. Look, you, you, you do everything, everything, other thing. And that's what God wants to remove. Without that prayer, you may be a Christian, but you, you do it anyway. Without God, without God opening your eyes to see, 
Because, look, you may never wish to do it, but it will take another partner to, for you to do it. You may be able to control yourself, but when you meet a certain man, who is the stature that you want? The, the, uh-huh, I don't know what you're telling me. <laughs> but if, if, if you, 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 you come into contact with, with that kind of person, that kind of man, you will see. You just, you just humble yourself and surrender. You see, you may see yourself as a strong person, but God is in your life to remove such a man from your life. So you may think that you may think that you need God to go to heaven, but in taking you to heaven, God is in a way removing all these things from your life before you get to heaven. Remove vanity from my life. It's a prayer you need to pray. Oh, you see, look in the church, just. Just accept the fact. Say, your desire is just like someone outside. And what the Bible says, for the love of God constraineth us. Is, I know the love of God will leave our passion just like the way they are. Or you, look, one of the, th- I, I saw, somebody said, oh, me, I'm a bad person. I said, look, you just pray to God that God leave a bounce on certain things that God said, now you can do it for today. And then tomorrow I'll, I'll reverse it and see how many of us will go and do it. <laughs> do you understand? For instance, for instance, now, you, because you are a Christian, you cannot fornicate. Okay? So God should leave the ban and say, oh, man, today I changed the Bible for just today. 24 hours. So that means, that means in the Bible now it becomes that now people, if you are a Christian, have sex the way you want. And see, the, many, many of us in the church who will run out and go and do them and come back. Yeah, because the ban has been lifted and said no. No, that, that, that's not a sin. So do it. You will see. You will see. Our desire is not that. Look, you, it will be, you will be a liar to yourself. And you will be unfair. And you will be living in sin if you don't accept the fact that you, you are just like outsiders. But it's the grace of God which is constraining you. Amen. So God is in our life to remove vanity. And it's useless thing. Without God, you, you embrace that useless socializing. Times you have to do productive, you are somewhere misbehaving. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about the last thing. I have a lot of things to talk about. But the last one I want to talk about is useless, extravagant living. Amen. You cannot be a you cannot work with God well if you don't learn to be content. Contentment is necessary as a Christian. If you want to be in Christ, you cannot live a that kind of big life anyhow. Or you'll you be in Christ and you say, God has cursed you. You see? You see, Bible says that we shouldn't make with, uh, friends, uh, friends with people who are given to drinking. Or who's, who, I think the best way to, Proverbs 23 verse 20, I believe, yes. Proverbs 20. No, give me, uh, uh, look at it, look at it, even. Routers, eaters of flesh. No, but give me NLT or amplified message, anything. No, uh, message. Yeah, amplified, yes, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do not associate with wine babers. You know a wine barber? Somebody who... 
a wine barber. Be not. <laughs> be, be not among them. Be not, be not among them, nor among gratinous eaters of meat. Bible says that riotous eaters of like you when we see your food that is before you. you, you only you. <laughs> a, a young lady. A young lady. A young lady. You eat too kinky. <laughs> And you mark the third one. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, people. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> a young, a young lady. You see, kenke is a Ghanaian food, right? And it's it's like a mate, It's like a ball, and one is enough for a person. Like a, me, like this. I'm, I only take one. But I know of a lady. A lady eat two balls of that kinky. And for the third one, instead of it, you know, to form ball in the stomach, mash the third one, I said it was soaking well. You see, you, but you see, look, look, but the following verse, it says something. For the drunkard and the gratuitous shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. So shall you become useless. You become useless very soon. Because you are living too big for yourself, you eat meat that you, you spend your money in restaurants you're supposed not to go to. You you wear you 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 wear you eat <laughs> you you eat you you eat food that ten people can eat, and you think you are living good. You are living in poverty very very soon. Bible say very soon you will see that poverty shall come, and when you are drinking and you are doing like this, drowsiness you will be close to his rags. You see, many rich people, many people were rich. When they become drunkards, they become close with rags. You can't wash your clothes very well. You smell around. You become like a rag. Look, this is not, look, when you look at uh, this Bible, Solomon, if you read Ecclesiastes very well, Solomon was a Barcelonic person by then. Ecclesiastes was a, a writer of, a, a, there was nothing too, about, too much about God there. All of the things that he was thinking as a backsliding person, when he was leading from God, he was moved from God. The things he was saying, that's why he came out with vanity. That I've chased all these things, but it's useless. This one was a wisdom that he was saying. That when you see somebody who is drinking, and somebody who eats a lot of meat, the next thing that you see poverty in a rag. Poverty in a rag. You see, there are some of us who could have afforded to live in simple homes. I, 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 you could afford, but because of something, you are living in poverty. That, that's it. Because you want to live big. The clothes that you wear, you can also say, look, many of, many of us sitting here, probably they have not gone to cheap stores to go and buy clothes to wear. You, and you know yourself. <laughs> expensive thing that you are wearing each day and each night. We look at you, we, we see you, you don't work at any big place we don't know that you, whether you are any 10,000 a week or something. But when we look at you, you are so extravagant. Amen. And you see, it's a useless thing. And if you want to be a, a Christian and you want to serve God and work God with well, one of the things that God requires of you is contentment. 
A man was working with God and said, God, you, uh, Jesus, go and tell my brother to divide property and give it to me before I come and follow you. And Jesus Christ said, hey, look, beware of covetousness. You are being covetous. A man's life doesn't consist in abundance of things that he has. So you see, you, you, you see yourself having a lot of things, but that's your life. That's uselessness. You are living a useless life. Extravagant living. You live big, but uselessness will come. That's uselessness in your life. Amen. Use, uselessness. Uselessness is embracing you. And you need God to see. Look, Paul said, because he has been with God. No, in fact, he wrote to the Philippians and said, let your moderation be known, be known of all men. How you live a moderate life. Be known to all men. Then he said that, look, I know that you want to give me money. But I have learned, because of Christ, I have learned how to be satisfied, content, when there's nothing. To go and fast, nothing. Most of us, can't, you cannot afford, you came to America, you cannot afford to eat Gary. Yes, you cannot. You think that you are in America, so you, you must eat from here and here. Your shoe, when you see your shoe, you don't wear simple shoes. Not. <laughs> you, wear, you wear expensive to that. Many, not many people uh, and your job doesn't qualify you to wear that shoe. And we think, we think that you have money, but you are just giving us symbols of riches. No, actually, you don't have riches. You see, you have symbols. You are just symbols of riches. Because you are able to be, wear big watch, dress with uh, something, then you think that you want us to believe. But when you come to you, you don't have anything to show. You don't have anything. It's a wasteful life. And unless God open your eyes to see that this thing I'm going to buy. Look, what am I buy? I bought something. I said, no. I returned everything quickly. I said, no, 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 no. This thing cannot, I cannot afford this to buy. I was talking to someone. I said, somebody said, ah, how much do you buy your shoe? I said, I have not bought a shoe which is above uh, $50 before. And everybody said, no, you man, you man, you must upgrade. I said, no, don't worry. I will, I will upgrade at the right time. Amen. There's time for everything. When you see, when you have a lot of money, you are doing that. Nobody cares about it. But now, you see, now that you don't have, we want you to. What God is expecting you to become moderate. You, you must learn how to live. Paul said, "I learned to have abased myself in want. I know that to be humble. Today, if I have, I will spend with it. And God wants to make many of us. God really bless us, but our own way of life is causing us to be poor." You know the job you have. You know the amount of money you earn. But you cannot stand to visit with somebody who earns $8 per week. Uh, $8 per hour. And it's like God has cursed you, but God has not cursed you. It's your own wasteful life. And this was what God wants to remove in your life. So my topic is was what? Another reason why you need God. Another reason why you need God. So you, are not just, you don't just need God to go to heaven, my brothers and sisters. God is not in your life just to make you get a visa or a, pass, a, a green card. God is in your life to remove waste. You see a girl who is wasting your life, but you don't know that this girl is wasting your life. Many of us also know, but we pretend that we didn't know that this is a wasteful life. And you are trusting that, oh, have faith. You know a girl doesn't like you. She's just eating your money. Yeah. Or like when somebody doesn't like you, don't you know? You know. The feeling is mutual. You see that the person doesn't respond. So you should just know. You think that the person have another word in view. Not you are not the word that the person is looking at. The person have another word in view. Uh-huh. You see. 
So that's what God wants. This is a word, word of God. That is it. You see, you must also pray. No, this, that was a, So let me just give you the point and then we'll continue. Useless claim of independence. It's something that you must also pray, uh, pray against. And you must also pray that God will remove the uselessness of overfoolishness and being overwise in your own conceit. Then God should take away the uselessness of selfishness and greed. Oh no, these are topics. These are like just like prayer topics for you to go and pray. I didn't share a, like a preaching kind of. I think I was just giving uh, prayer topics. Amen. So God, we, let's trust God to remove useless relationship from our lives. You want, you want, you try. You are trusting God to marry. Pray, pray. Your ways are not in what you think is nice. And that's not maybe that's not what God wants for you. You may just think you're embracing. Look, in fact, if you are going to marry and you marry a sanguine, you will drive the cars you don't want to drive in your life. You will work with that because some a lady can get you to dress the way you, you she wants. Is oh today the way you dress I don't like it. You don't dress nicely. What are you talking about? You can you can all, <laughs> you <laughs> you uh huh. You can also say that you I, the what I dress you because you need to please your wife. Is that not what we learned? You need to please your wife. So. When the person said, oh, in my house, in our house, look, when you do, we make soup. I don't want to eat overnight uh, soup. Then you have to throw the soup away. It's a person that you meet who has, who has come, who is coming to make you a poor person. It's a certain person. And many of us, maybe you are a man, and nobody can marry because of your way of life. Because people know when they see, they say, this man is big manism. And the next thing is what? Poverty. A wo- look, a woman, you may never know, but men are looking at you. The way you dress. Many men, look, many, look, me, if you dress a certain way, a lady, I will never talk to you. I don't know why. It just, I don't just talk to you. You dress so expensive. I said, hey, when I, I marry you, I'll buy all these things. Is that not a life? Because, because, <laughs> because if you come to me and you tell me that if you love me, love my dog. Is that what he said? If you love me, love my dog. So I, if I love you, I must love your dog. Your dog is your, your, your twist, twisted, which is like a, a horn. And your, your long, this thing. And your long hair, which is from your hair to your hair. You, you want me to be changing that? Yeah, the eye. Yeah, some of them they care. Yeah, it's care upwards. Oh no, no, no! If you love me, love my dog. It's a saying that if you love me, love whatever I like. You see, so if you are coming to accept me, then you must accept my dog as part of. So if I love dog and the dog is come, uh, you are coming to marry me. Then there must be a dog in your house. That's why you don't love a dog. You see. So you see. When, when you marry somebody like that, you may never know, but you, 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 you become a poor person. And these are things that we need God to open our eyes to. Amen. Do you really want God to do that in your life? How many of us desire that God will do this? Thing? Look, without God, uh, you, the, you see, the best, the best thing now is now that you are in Christ. And if only we follow the Bible, our life will be different. 
So I, I'm not going to give you a better solution than prayer and the following the Bible, the word of God. Whatever the word of God is, let's do it. You see that your life becomes better. Another reason why you need God. To take you seriously from your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be on our feet. Lift up your voice and pray to God. Lay hands on your eyes and say, God, open my eyes to see uselessness and waste when they are coming near me. Sakadalia. Ribaka sandale bebea saka malabrako sonta dibidibi kasakaya. Ribada sandalaba kantalebe. Somebody, you know your life that for is like a talent in your life that you embrace useless things. You start in life one boyfriend after one boyfriend, all of them are becoming useless. It's like you long to marry, but you are not getting it. It's like you long to settle down with a girl, but you are not getting it. Because every relationship you enter is a useless thing. Lay hands on your eye and say, God, please open my eyes to see useless Solomon prayed that prayer. He said, God, remove far from me. Poverty, give me neither poverty or riches. But Lord, remove far from me. Vanity and lies. Somebody is a prayer to pray unto God. Libra kasa, Libranda, Labraba, Santelebe, Ribaba, Sikampala, Balaba, Sandelebe, Dia, Kapana, Labra, De Sandalaba. Oh God, remove vanity from my life. Oh God, may uselessness be, not be part of my life in the name of Jesus. Rebata, Sandalabra, Kasandalaba. We pray for ourselves, oh God. We pray for ourselves. We pray that you have mercy on us. Libre Kasanda. Remanda Labado Zine de Beca Sanda Lebre Lebeleve Sanda Liacapa Rebatana Labame Sinameca Puna Libiniatasa Rebede. You may be in the midst of plenty, but all that you see, you see Maca Sadala, you see waste, you are embracing waste. In the land of the blessing, you will be a cursed person. Rebaca Sanda Laba, Lebanda Lababa Sanda Laba, Yande Libiaco Sanda Libiniaca Sanda Manamalabalaba. Yamba balaba, sene debe, libre ya kasande libe leba, kampana la baba, yinda la baba, sina la baba, kandi libia kasana la balaba, sana la ba, yimba la ba, sene lebe, sana lebe. That I may walk with you, show me your way. My hope, my hope in all the cry, the cry of my heart is to love you more, to live with the touch of your hand, stronger each day, stronger each day. Somebody's a good symbol. Oh, show me your way. Sing the cry of my heart. The cry of my heart is to love you more. To live with the touch of your hand. Stronger each day. Stronger each day. Hey Lord, show me your way. Sing, show me your way, Lord. Your way that I may walk, that I may walk with. Sing, show me 
your ways. Oh Lord, I put my hope. I put my hope. My hope. The cry of my heart. I of my heart is to love you. Oh. in the name of Jesus we thank you for your word which is come unto us we believe oh God that Lord you have spoken unto us oh God but for many years oh God we have walked in uselessness we have embraced vanity and we are chasing after, we are chasing after vanity but Lord your word has made us understand that if we shall only call on you if we shall only acknowledge you and depend on you and ask of you that you should remove from us indeed you will remove from us oh God Father, tonight is our prayer, oh God, that you move vanity from our eyes, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you open our eyes to see uselessness, useless relationships, even in the kingdom, oh God, even in the church, but we see the useless relationships, oh God. Help us, oh God, take vanity far away from our nets, oh God, our dwelling places, oh God, in our contact with people, in our relationship with people, oh Lord. Help us to relate well. Help us to relate well. Lead us to the good lands. Help us to pursue the good things, oh God. Help us take from our way away from our life. Useless socializing, oh God. Extravagant living, oh God. Introducing our life. Moderate lives, oh God. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. Of my heart is to love you live with the touch of your hand stronger each day Lord show me your way with every eye closed every head bow you are here you know that you don't have this relationship with God. And it's like your life is like chasing after wind. Wasting your life around. But you know, you want to have that relationship with God again. You want to say, God, I want to have, I want to have you direct my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. May uselessness go away from my life. Today, you want to say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. Because except the Lord directs you, Except the Lord be the one who directs your life, you will end up embracing uselessness. But you are here, you are not born again. You want to have that relationship with God. I want you to lift up your hands above your head and I want to pray with you. You know if you die today, you don't have that relationship with God. You cannot say the Lord is your shepherd. You cannot say the Lord is your savior. But you want to give your life to Jesus. I'm not talking about McDonald's food. I'm talking about your salvation. I'm talking about what will guarantee you an access to heaven, a visa to heaven. That's what I'm talking about. And so you are here. You want God, you want to say, God, please, I surrender it all to you. Live my life, direct my life. For the rest of my life, I want to surrender unto you. Lift up your hands and let me pray with you. 
Shall we want to repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Lord Jesus. Somebody believe it to your heart. Dear Lord Jesus. You see, you may never know, but one time we went for a meeting, like a funeral sort of, we met a man. I encouraged the man to give his life to Christ. He did it. By the time, two weeks, three weeks, a month after, the man is dead and gone. You may never know, this is your only chance to confess Christ and to give your life to Christ. So take it serious. Don't joke with it. I don't know why I'm saying it, but just be serious with the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I am full of sin. But I know you are a righteous one. You are the righteous one who died on the cross and rose again on the third day. Jesus, tonight I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Please come into my life. Come into my life. Come and take control over my life. Come and direct my life. Help me to have this relationship with you. I don't want to waste my life anymore. Jesus, please help me to live for you. Help me to live for you. I so believe that you are the son of God. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. That when you are coming for your own, I will be part of them. Thank you for what you have done on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Shall we believe us say amen? Hallelujah. If you have said this prayer, We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.